Recorded live. We want to welcome everyone to Conscious Thoughts Thursdays here on POET Radio. We are waiting for our host, Benita Arsett, to come on the line. Benita, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm right here. Okay. You forgot to change the pen, babe. That's why you couldn't start your recording. You got to change that pen to your number, but we'll do that. I'll help you out by running the board, okay? Okay. Thanks a lot, bro. I appreciate it. Go ahead. All right, this is um, Benita Offset, and I appreciate those who are on the call. Thank you so much for joining in. Um, on Also on the call, I have Maine, and he is here to help us. And he and I off the air were discussing some of the tragedies that have happened recently and things that we know um, we all want to talk about. I want to start it off this way. This is going to be the Benita Offset Conscious Thoughts Thursdays. And there's a lot of different things that our people can be talking about. Um, so I want to help set the tone. Benita Offset just so happens to be a very, very light-skinned sister. I am not a person who identifies with being half or half-breed or mulatto or any of those things. I am straight up a black woman, have been all my life. My father, when I was eight years old, who happened to be a white man, said to me, you are black and don't you ever forget it. Those people who are born of mixed race and claim this one or that one are a, end up being a confused people and end up being a people who have a hard time um, recognize who they really are. And that's one thing that I do not part. That's one issue that I do not have a problem with. I do not um, have any confusion whatsoever about who I am. And I think that knowing who I am helps me that much better when the enemy comes at me. I have a very good idea. I can kind of be alert and ready for what happens. Um, the uh, the thing, Some of the things that I want to talk about is if we continue to start dividing each other amongst these, and the reason I brought that up is because if we continue to divide each other amongst the complexions or the different subscriptions or the different programs that folk participate in, then we will hardly ever unify each other. With all this stuff that's going on, we need to recognize who we are and become one nation. Because when it comes to hanging a person, they're not going to stop and say, well, she's only half black, so I'm not going to hang her along with everybody else. We are all in trouble. When I was um, in college, I had to read this book called The Negro Family in the United States, written by E. Franklin Frazier. And um, those myths about the house Negro and the field Negro, they absolutely don't exist. They are a complete myth. What happens is the both, all of the black folks during slavery were trying to work together, especially during times of slave rebellion. Those light-skinned people who were in the house, because they were in the house, they knew that they were closer, and then they used that as an ability to help out with the program. For instance, they would grind up the glass very, very small and put it into the food at that moment that they knew that they were organizing to rebel against the evil that was um, placed against them. Uh, I think sometimes as a light-skinned sister, it becomes even harder for me because I have those who will say things like, um, you know, like sometimes it's hard to fit with my own people because of how they, they look at me like, oh, she thinks she's better than us, or she thinks she's bougie or whatever. So then I have to, um, not just me, but a lot of other light-skinned people on earth, we end up combating that stereotype by being a very hard, very radical, very thick um, when it comes to loving our black people people. And then when it comes to the white folks, you don't fit in with them either. So it feels like you're constantly trapped in the middle. And um, it's very hard if you're a constantly trapped in the middle type of person to be the kind of person who um, feels as if you really truly belong. And if you feel like you don't belong, then it's going to be hard to fight for one side or the other. So, the, so, of course, the enemy is going to be happy to divide and divide us so that they can conquer us that much better. Well, I'm not confused. I know exactly where I be and where I'm supposed to be and where I belong. Um, and having that said, I am interested in getting that started. One of the reasons why I brought up the color complex issue is because our brother, Jesse Williams, last week or week before when he was on the BET Awards and he made those announcements, 
there was a lot of people who were making references to his complexion as to whether or not he was a real true black person or whether or not um, he would have been able to say the things he said if he wasn't this color or that shade. So saying that, I was like, um, I, of course, recognize him as a down brother because not only did he say what he said on BET, but he also said that same thing uh, with post-interviews. Further interviews, he would continue to keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. So that that is why I, I feel like he was on point. But one of the things that he said that resonated really well with me is that cops have been able to de-escalate and stop themselves from killing white people repeatedly. With everything that's been happening lately with the um, the killing in Baton, Baton Rouge, the police officer you know, assassinating our brother in Baton Rouge and then the cop assassinating our brother in Minnesota. With those two things going viral on social media, other things have been starting to go. Other people have been starting to talk also, including this one white man who made a bunch of comments or there was another uh, um, another white person who made a, um, who said, was talking to an officer and he said to the officer, well, don't you see a problem with this? So there's a lot of other things that are out there that are being said that are all, everything is all around police brutality and how, why do they not stop? One of the things that I saw also today was a white man with a gun, a rifle in his hand, and the police officer came up to him and basically begged him to put the gun away. That would not have happened if he was a black man. So what we, um, what I want or what I would, would like for us to talk about or have our conversations about is what do we need to do? How are we going to cope? How are we going to deal? How are we going to survive? Because one thing is for sure is they aren't changing. They're going to continue to come after us. They'll continue to harm us. They're going to continue to have police brutality. Um, I, I, that's the only thing that I can think of is that we just need to stop trying to utilize them as our resource. They will never be our resource. We need to create our own. But if other people on the line have ideas, suggestions, or um, thoughts that they feel as if might be better coping strategies, before we go to other people, though, I would like to entertain my um, co-host with the most every now and then <laughs> because Mr. Maine has said that he will be there for me sometimes, but he may not always be there for me. And um and not because he's not a good brother, because he might be there in spirit, or he might be there in um uh, like they say at work. Um, well, we can have provide you some technological maintenance or whatever. But he's even when I'm not he here, he might also and he may also be there in person one day. So anyway, he's here today, hallelujah. And so while you're here today, man, um, I'm interested in your take on all of this. Hey, peace, family. I'm happy to be. In the sound of your voice, happy to be here with you, happy to express some of my opinions. But, yeah, so before we get too far, just want to hit on that Jesse Williams topic before we go too far. I'm also a light-skinned brother, you know, really nothing to do with my answer. But I do believe there's a, there's a light-skinned or a lighter-skinned privilege. I, I believe it exists, so I understand why there's some prejudice from our own people. The thing is, if you have an advantage, you have to use the use the advantage for the all. And that's what he did. Like he got up, used his platform, even if he do have a if that's a privilege he has, he got up there and used it. And that's that's all you can ask for. So if if you have a if you have an advantage in any way use it to everybody's benefit. Yeah, and that's you, you're exactly right about that. And, and I most certainly do not want to deny that fact. Yes, I do benefit from light skin privilege at times, but it's only from a distance. When the cops get close enough to me, they know, what, you know, they know the truth about me. Like, for instance, here, when, when I'm in the car by myself and I get pulled over, I still get a ticket just like everybody else. Right. And so, but I will admit that there are times when I am driving past a police officer and he hasn't pulled me over, and I believe that there are times that I am able to 
um, things not happen to me that probably would have happened to me if I had a darker shade. So I will admit that. Then the other thing is I will admit that when I'm in the car with my fellow brethren, that, for instance, there's certain phrases that they use with me that they would not have used with me if it was just me in the car. For instance, there's always this phrase. Um, there's no question. It doesn't, he doesn't ask me whether I have drugs or weapons. He assumes that I have drugs or weapons, and he wants me to disperse of them immediately. He says, disperse of your drugs and weapons right away. Like, that's what he says when I'm in the car with black sisters and, and my, of, of, a, of a darker shade than what I am. Right, not even a... A shade of respect. Right, exactly. Right. He doesn't. He he instantly assumes that we have weapons and drugs, and we have to inform him we do not have weapons and drugs in the car with us. So yeah, when it's so. just me by myself, this light skinned person, he's not super nice to me. He doesn't let me off. He doesn't give me warnings. I still end up having to, you know, get the ticket. But he doesn't go there with me. It doesn't get real ugly. But what he does do is like. If I'm in the car, with, like there's been times when I've been in the car with my fellow brethren and they pull us over simply for, because of the fact that I'm in the car with, oh, this was our interpretation. We felt like they pulled us over because I was in the car. They were looking at us from a distance thinking, oh, light skin with all those black people, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe they kidnapped us or something. But then, you know, so it, I, we end up suffering that way too because I am lighter. Right. But, um, and but yeah, you're right. What, what, there, I keep asking my, you know, I ask God every now and then. I just wonder. I'm like, why am I like this? Because of the my my inner being or the way I feel about myself, the way I feel about my pe- people, my passion. I'm like, why would you create somebody with all this passion for black folks to be so right? And um, the only thing I could think of is I. There have been times, like for instance, there was this one time my sister friend. She said, Benita, I need you to go with me to the mall because they're gonna. I need to return this person. They're going to give me a hard time, but if you come with me, they won't. And so there's little tiny petty instances mm-hmm. like that where I help to support our fellow brethren, or then there might yeah. be moments when they say, like, we'll be out in the wilderness and we need to get some gas and it's real late at night and we're in, like, Virginia or or Indiana, places we know that the Klan will be, right? They're, they're right. known for having the Klan. And they'll say, Benita, go in there and, you know, pay for the gas and everything. Right. And I, well, I, I do stuff like that all the time. I ain't, I ain't you don't do that, that Domain? Okay. <laughs> I ain't that like that. Go in that situation. Right. I had a, um, I had a friend once say, yeah, uh, girl, I'm going to put a blonde wig on you, and you're going to get the things that we need. So, But if it came down to it, I most certainly would advocate for our people each and every time. Yeah. And hell, you know, sometimes you need a, a straight white person to, to to carry out your agenda. They use they use coons all the time. Mm-hmm. So why can't we use them? Yeah. Yeah. So that so that whatever advantage you can use, use it. So women have a a bigger advantage, you know, than men. On the chessboard, the queen can move everywhere. You know, she she can move more than the king. So mm-hmm. there's a women have an advantage. Hell, children have an advantage. You know, people don't always assume, well, I guess nowadays, uh, not too much advantage of 12 years. Yeah. Time. But right. uh, but, a, but there's advantages. Like I said, women have advantages. There is a, a lighter skin advantage, and that's all across the world. I guess that's why you see people bleaching their skin and doing all kind of crazy things. But maybe that's the reason why. We have the variety of shades so that we can help each other, not to use it to harm each other. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I look at my, uh, you know, even some of the stuff I went through, I went through a lot of, I even say, prejudice with my own people, um, you know, growing up. But I look at it as, uh, you know, I was being shocking. Like, I ain't going to complain about my upbringing. You know, it is what it is. Just, just, to, just to interject for one moment, sister. You have a line full of callers out there. Just to let you know, uh, we have yeah, Chicago, Chicago lit up on the line. Minnesota lit, lit up on the line. And there's another caller, Time Lord Brian, is on the line also as well. So anytime you want to go to the callers, just let me know and I'll bring them on. Okay. You, um, Maine, is there anything you want to say about the recent assassination? Um. Well. 
um, it's one of those things that this is this is nothing new. You know, now we've been able to see it on video, and which doesn't even change, you know, this the overall perception. So now we've been able to see all these assassinations that we've been saying this whole time. Uh, that, has it made it any better? Yeah, I think so because it's brought a lot more awareness, and I think we are, you know, coming together and, and, and pushing more towards a system of justice. But however, uh, instead of fighting these injustices one by one, you know, we have huge issues to overcome. And the biggest of our issues, I believe, is, you know, as, as, as we just said with that light-skinned, dark-skinned issue, we have, like, we think we got to fight this big, grandiose white man enemy. I mean, he's, he's just a man, you know, he puts on his pants just like we do. You know, it's just a, these are just people. They can, they can be, you know, beat if that's what needs to be done, you know, just like, just like we, you know, have been put in a position. But 90% of our problems or 90% of the stuff that we have to deal with is internal. We got to deal with these black issues. Like, if we can't deal with ourselves, we can't stand up to an oppressive race, to an, you know, to an oppressive system. You know, we have to be able to stand up uh, and fight these problems that we have on our own, and we have to be able to support ourselves. If we're reaching off this system to support ourselves, like, we're never going to be able to stand up because they can cut your, they can cut your life support off. If, you, if you're working, you know, you and you know, man, every single time our people have tried to stand up and they have come and destroyed it. So we need to build up some kind of military to protect ourselves. Like yeah. with Black Wall Street, we were we were there. We were about to start um, having relationships with people in other countries, and then boom, they bombed the whole thing, and it was gone just that fast. So anyway, let's go to the callers. I'm sure there's somebody who has an opinion that might maybe there's somebody out there who has an idea that can help us to what do we need to do? How are we going to cope? How are we going to move past this and and build the bridges that we need to build so that we can build some bridges? Okay, poet, poet Kai, you're on the line. Um, state your name, where you're calling from, and what's your question or comment for tonight? Um, this is Poet Kai from Chicago, also known as Analog Soul. Um, I wanted to share with you guys um, today uh, a gentleman asked me, who also happens to be a Cook County Sheriff, if the problem was just um, should we be working on the police treating our young black men the way they are, or should we be working on black-on-black crime? And I kind of had to tell him, you know, the black-on-black the, the black crime thing is, is, is puffed up by the media. It's, it's supported, um, you know, financially by, you know, those behind the scenes that want us to do these things. So I don't think that we can actually separate either one. Um, what we need to do is find out what's going on in these young men's lives, why they feel the way they do, why they feel, um, I've talked to some, they feel emasculated, like they can't take care of their families because they can't get a job because every time they try to do the slightest thing and do it the right way, they still get severely punished for it and get marked for the rest of their lives. So, you know, they want a voice. They're frustrated. They're tired tired of living the way that they do. Um, and then a lot of them kind of, um, they gravitate to things like um, music and beats, things that are genetically encoded in them, rapping. This is the way they get their word out. They just want somebody to know that they're living in hell and they need some help. And that's in my opinion. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. So she says she feels like the people just want folks to know what's happened. You know, that reminds me of when you're in a relationship and your significant other does something to harm you, and you'd be like, oh, I wish you could feel what I'm feeling, right? Kind of like that kind of feeling. Next. Yeah, you want people to know, you know, um, yeah. Some, uh, with that situation, you got to let uh, people, your pain got to come out some kind of way. 
and, and most of the time you hurt the people that's closest to you. Um, so it, it is very painful living in a system where you, where you feel like you have no creative input or nothing you do is going to be uh, acknowledged in a good way. Uh, so, yeah, it's painful. So you see a lot of that pain coming out in, in the most destructive ways, whether it's, you know, black-on-black violence, relationship issues, whatever. You know, so it, it's, yeah, like I said, 90% of the issues got to be dealt with. You know, these are black issues that we got to deal with, Negro issues. And we, you know, yeah, that's like we the slavery, post-traumatic slavery disorder. We're still dealing with that. Like Charlotte, I said, we need to be debriefed. Right. I mean, if, I mean, that's what we started off saying. Are we still talking about Willie Lynch, light skin, dark skin, uh, mm-hmm. tall against the short, old against the young? We're still talking about yeah. these issues. You know, mm-hmm. that's the issue we got to deal with. And that's, those pain, that's, the pain that the sister was talking about. Absolutely. If you're dealing with trauma, you know how to how do you help a people before you deal with that? But I have one person, a friend of mine, said, how are we going to deal with the trauma if nobody's acknowledging it? So maybe what we need to say to each other is, absolutely, brother, I know that you're hurting. I know that you're in pain. Right. I would be in pain. You know, of course, I'm in pain because I see you in pain. And but, acknowledging the know, fact that he is in trauma. But ultimately, you know, blaming black-on-black crime is like blaming the rape victims. You know, we are victims. Like, yeah. this is this is a... We, we victims worldwide. This is a global white supremacist system. Well, that 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 was awesome. Thank you very much, caller. May we have a, the next caller, please? Chicago, you're on the line. State your name, where you're calling from in Chicago, and where you, what you got for us tonight. Hello? Yes, yeah, Chicago. State your name, where you're calling from in Chicago, and what you got for us tonight. This brother Patai, hey, Benita, hey man, what's up, hey. y'all? <laughs> hey, what's, what's up, Thanks for calling in, bro. I know you. You know I had to call. Happy, happy birthday, baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you I hope you're enjoying your birthday. day. Yes, it is. Yeah, so you know, you I, you know I'm just, you know. Just going along with the program, we already know what the program is. You know, um, it's a necessity. See, we just lost our sister, Francis Crest, and y'all know I'm big on Francis Crest. So we already know, we already know that the white folks, it's a necessity that they kill us. It's a necessity. If they don't kill us, they don't exist. So we, we, we got to come to grips with that fact. You know what I'm saying? We really have to come to grips with that fact. They're not going to stop So how do we survive? And how do we survive? We have to, we have to, we have to, you know, uh, uh, we can't be scared. We have to make them do what they're going to do. So I, I, I'm at the point now where I just want them to stop beating around the bush. If y'all going to have, y'all got to do away, what's, what's y'all solution since y'all think we are so inferior to y'all, what is y'all solution to this problem that y'all got with us? You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we need to stop beating around the bush with them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to do what y'all got to do and quit playing games with us, which is what the only thing they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Here you had a president of the United States, a black man in office, and more black people than died since he's been in office than any time in history, same like. And it's been documented. So that should be a real, uh, 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 um, you know, a, a real anchor around his neck that all these black people are dying when you the leader of our, what's the system having a, white, a black leader if you kill it, if, if all the people is dying? That man is the head of the law. He is the head of the law enforcement in this country. Uh, we don't have no black, you know what I'm don't saying? Have no black leader. That we but I'm, I'm saying, okay, but so- but all right, Patrick. Right, thank you so much, brother. Um, we got a lot of callers on the air. We really want to get to okay. as much as we can in our hour time. So I thank you so okay. much for calling in. And I hear what okay. you're saying. You're saying that our leader needs to be stronger. Who's next? Who's next, Mr. Ice? Okay, right, let's bring on the line. 
That sounded like a brother that I knew named Pat, but I, I don't know if, whether that was Pat or not. It sounded like him. I don't know. But let's go ahead and go to the next Chicago caller. Chicago, you're out there. State your name, where you're calling from in Chicago, and what you got for us tonight. Call us, see if your phone is on mute. I'm going to mute you again and unmute you when you hear the sound that says you are now unmuted. That means we're talking to you. And if you're just listening, just say, hey, I'm just listening to the show tonight. Call us, state your name, where you're calling from, and tell us what you got for us tonight. Hey, my, my name is Anthony. I'm calling from Chicago. Hey, Ant. What's going Hi, on? What's going on with this? Um, I'm, I'm just listening, but, you know, I, I just... I'm just gonna just make a quick statement. I just, I just, I just feel like we need we need to come together. You know, we just need to we just need to mobilize. We actually need to, you know, start safeguarding our own communities mm-hmm. and uh, bringing our money together. And you know, just just start thinking over our own communities. Once they see we care about ourselves, then you know they'll have a different outlook on it. But as, as long as we, you know, going against each other and just doing these things, it's, it, it's just going to be all bad. But I just think the first step is really just taking over our own communities, you know, not okay. trash our communities, you know, having you know having faith in, in our own communities and, and being able to do things amongst ourselves and not having to feel like we got to go and be judged or be accepted by them. You know, yeah, I, I believe, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Until we can create just enough space, even just for expression, we got to have space for expression. And like I, and like I was saying earlier, we do have to have um, money behind us. Like we have to be able to support ourselves. If we, if somebody stands up, why these people who have money? You know, people talk about TJVs and all these people. Some of them have bailed, bailed a few people out of jail. You know, that stood up. So we need the people with money with money who's not going to be out here on the front lines fighting to support the people that are on the front lines fighting. So until you got, I mean, because when one of these race soldiers come on and shoot somebody, they get, they get life support. They know the rest of their life going to get taken care of. So, yeah, yeah, we do have to have a support system for the people who stand up. But I, I think that until people like Jay-Z and Puffy see you know, some of the communities mobilizing, you know, and trying to empower themselves, I don't think they're they're they'll financially back it because they feel like, okay, if I if I if I go on the, on the on the if I go on the, on the limb and, you know, put my name out there, put myself out there, then, you know, my financial and my lifestyle are gonna be tarnished. Like who gonna come and support me when I fall down? If these people not already coming together, they're not thinking in a in a in a collective manner. So that's why I think that okay. that comes. What the money ain't gonna be what it, what it was, you know, trying to support yourself totally through what you know through a uh, through a mainstream avenue. But we do have an economy, and you see, right. and uh, we do need to support the people who support us, and right. not the people who don't support us. So yeah, that is that's definitely one thing we need to cut these leeches off, because uh, it said. I think David Banner said that we support all the rappers who say the most foul shit. They gonna come, they gonna come uh, take our girl, uh, kill us. You know, we and we love them to, to death. But the conscious rappers, you know, we don't, you know, support. We don't support the stuff that, that's actually for us. So we gotta support the stuff that's for us. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's like one with uh, like with Kanye West. People out, he crazy. And when he talk about the fashion industry, like when he was trying to create his, you know, his uh, his company, how you know all the other companies would look at him and wouldn't accept him. But it's like, dude, I just bought your clothes. Like I just bought Gucci. I just bought all this. Now that I'm actually close to you, and I'm actually trying to get in the industry and trying to get some some advice from you, you look at me like I'm nobody. And, yeah. I, and people was, oh, he going crazy, something wrong. I'm like, no, he's telling the truth. Like, why wouldn't black people make urban, African-Americans make some type of clothing line? Why does it last a year or two? But when all these other ways, they make clothing lines, they last for hundreds of years. Bro, we we probably going to have to move it on, but I'm going to comment on this Kanye, on this Kanye situation. I don't think Kanye is crazy at all. 
I think that we need warriors on all fronts, whether it's in the fashion industry, music industry. Like he's standing up, and he's and he's shining light on the issue, just right. like the brother Jesse Williams did. So no right. matter where that, that that warrior is coming from, like we need an all front. We need spiritual warriors. We need uh, warriors, scholar warriors. Like we right. need uh, we need carpenter warriors. Like we need, you know, we need and straight people that don't get down on the defense. Right. Like we need it on uh-huh. every aspect. But brother, thanks for calling in. We appreciate your input. Thank you, Aunt. Absolutely. All right. Okay, Black. Okay, so before we go to the next call on the phone line, I'm just going to read some of the Facebook Live comments. We have a comment from Jaquita Vaughn. She says we should do like 2015 Black Friday, hit them where it hurts, not for a day, but for a few days. We have um, Keena McDonald, who says we have to stop killing each other like savages in order to unify. They treat us like we treat each other, not all of us but ent- entirely too many. We, we're we dying by the bullet um, thousands a year. Nancy Parr says, ignorance is in all races. It doesn't mean all people of those races are the same as the ignorant ones. That means commoners and rich um, politicians as well as any and all, there are still good people in the world. Paulette Bowie says, we are always at the bottom of the food chain. We need to build our community and spend most of our money in our own community. Don Burnett says, we have to stand together and stop killing each other first and foremost. I pray every day for peace and understanding. I pray while sitting in the truck with my wife. Um, let me see. Let me sounds, sounds like we have a consensus among the people. Cooperative <laughs> economics and unity. Look, Lamicia right, Sanders, Sanders says Black Wall Street, which is just what you were talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, I'm bringing Tulsa back. Absolutely. That's right. Let's go ahead and bring in our next caller. Caller, state your name, where you're calling from in Chicago, and what you got for us tonight. Check and see if your phone is on mute, caller. And if you're just listening to the show, just say, hey, we're just listening. Let's go to the next caller. Caller, state your name. Tell us where you're calling from and what's your comment or question for tonight. Hey, well, hey what's up, everybody? This is City Wynn calling from West Side Chicago, representing Poet Radio. Hey, All right. Hey, bro. What's your comment yeah. for tonight? Um, well, my comment is, well, actually, I think some of these, well, I think a lot of these policemen need, I say, counseling. Because um, I, I say like, I say like on it, like on every job. I say like on a regular job. Um, you can get up, go in. You can go in to work on a bad, well, in a bad mood, and um, people gonna look at you and say, um, oh, don't, don't mess with him. He in a bad mood right now. So, so they can stay out the way, basically. And and uh, and a person that's in a bad mood. They could just mind their business and do their work. Well, for cop, he in a bad mood. He, he go to work with a badge, gun, and tails and everything. And they just like, oh well, we could just take it out on anybody who I feel like. It. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're from so West, West Side, side you Chicago, like right? Yep. Yeah. What is oh, what oh, is what West is the West? main issue on the West Side of Chicago? Now. It's a whole lot of violence. Uh, it's a lot of black on black. It's a lot of black on black violence. So the problem is, now the police they either crooked, but or or they even scared for their life. So you know. Because some of these kids out here, they they told they told real big guns. So so, so they even. So that making me they probably were scared for their life or, or they try to protect themselves or or they crooked or either way. All right, West Side, we having a hard time, you know, hearing you. You breaking up a little bit. But I think that I heard what you said. I think I heard you say that because of the all the violence that's going on, it's got the cops just as scared and fearful of their own life 
and because they're scared and fearful of their own life, they're coming to work, and, and instead of coming to heal and protect an environment or serve an environment, they have a kind of a tip on their shoulder sometimes when they're out there between the tip of the bad things that are happening to them at home or in their own personal lives as well as their fear of maybe getting harmed in, in the midst of the violence that's going on in the community, they end up taking it out on the people. Am I hearing you right? City Wynn, go ahead, my brother. Yes, it, it can be either way. Okay. They either have a chip on right. their shoulder, scared for their life, or, or maybe but, crooked. But e- either way, they need some counseling. Yeah. That's how you started off. Thanks a lot for the call. You're welcome. I, I mean, the whole, the whole system, that whole system is corrupt. I mean, you just can't look at one one uh, aspect of the system. Uh, yeah, they got to, uh, you know, pretty much, they, that's their training to shoot the kill. Like, they're not trained to, you know, any any threat to their life, they, they're not trained to wound. They're trained to shoot to kill. So, yeah, they come to work still in some kind of way, which half of them do that, you know, the race soldiers amongst the police, they come to work with some of them, you know, they, they dream to kill, a, to kill a nigger. Like, they dream about killing a nigger. So all they're looking for is the, the chance. We got to understand that dealing with, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, it's it's nothing we can do. This is what we, this is the this is what we face against. So it's how we gonna react. We have to stop all this infighting, all this infighting. I was just you know we was talking earlier, and we have all these little issues like people brothers pulling their pants up and and weeds. Like these are little small issues that separate us. But none of this stuff is really against the law, and really it's too small to even take our attention. Like you know it's. You know, you want to always have a, a set of society who doesn't does doesn't do the most uh, conscious thing or the most the best thing for for the society. So as long as you got about eighty percent of the society moving in a positive, constructive direction, then you'll be doing good. It's just like the body. You can you got to have about eighty percent of good bacteria against that twenty percent of bad bacteria. And you can contain, you know, you can contain the bad issues. All right, let's go to the next caller. Thank you a lot, man. All right, next caller, state your name. Tell us where you're calling from and what's your question or comment for tonight. Just listening. All right. Chicago, state your name, where you're calling from in Chicago, and what's your question and concern or comment for tonight. Uh, Sean Johnson. Hey, Sean, how you doing? You got a comment? Uh, well, I'm a little disturbed a little bit because, you know, black people, you know, I'm listening to you about how, uh, you know, you're mixed, but you're unapologetically African. And I'm, I kind of disturbed, like, man, we still got that issue. And, I mean, I know it's psychological, you know, light skin, dark skin, all that type of stuff. It's just, I guess, the more and more conscious you get about being black and we're Africans, that we got to let that go, you know. And it's kind of disturbing hearing that, that a certain segment of us got to go through that where they don't, sometimes they don't feel like they belong here or sometimes they don't feel like they belong here. I mean, they belong with black people, and so it's kind of disturbing hearing that because it's like, man, this is a what at least uh, uh, it's been a 400 year problem, you know. It's just disturbing hearing that. And I'm so sorry, you had to go through something like that. So you advocate yeah. for unity as well. Yeah, I mean, it's good for the it's good for the unity, and everything, but it's just, you know. When they, when people, especially people who are into religion, they say, "I don't see color," you know. Well, how come you can't see the person still African? You know, still black. You know, why is that? So, you know, and I'm, more likely it's people who got those type of divisiveness, not divisiveness, division in their mindset. You know, uh, that's all. I, I, I didn't. You know, I, this is my. I'm a first time caller. 
I didn't know that I would just be on like this. I just figured I'd just listen to the show, but I was like, hey, okay, <laughs> let me unmute this, and then uh, let me just lay a comment down. <laughs> hey, bro, we appreciate you. We definitely appreciate your comments and uh, your input. Thank you, Black Eyes, for manning the board. I think we're ready for the next caller. Okay. Don said Unity. We had another vote for Unity. Chica- next. Chica- <laughs> Chicago, you on the line? State your name and tell us what your thoughts are. Um, hi, my name is Ms. Keys. I live in Kankakee, Illinois. I'm glad to be on your show tonight. Hey, what's um, going on, sir? How you doing? How you doing? This I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Um, perfect timing. Unfortunately, you know, we have to hear this in the media. But um, it was funny because last week, this is my comment and concern. I had to discuss what the black movement was to my six-year-old. And uh-huh. it's hurting me because I've got to teach my daughter, you know, all cops are not bad, but some are good. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want her to be perceived like, oh, my gosh, I fear for my life. But I want her to know the reality of what's going on in the black community. I don't want her to be naive and think that everything is peaches and cream. I want her to be a visionary and see that, okay, we got leaders. I know this is happening. I want to know why this is happening. I want her to be able to put an input in her community because they're always downgrading, you know, our city. And I don't want her to fear going to Chicago or going to the store or going to, you know, any environment. So my concern is we have to have that unity no matter what color, and we have to not be quiet no more. We need to stand up and do what we got to do without any violence, you know, but we need to keep speaking about this because these kids are seeing this no matter what. They're seeing this. So that's basically (laughs) all I got to say. Well, listen, thanks a lot, sis, because um, you're definitely bringing forth some – a, a, a fresh a fresh point of view, something that we hadn't talked yet about so far on this call. So I really appreciate you sharing your opinion. You know, you brought some different lenses to the to the view. And when it comes to our children, that is absolutely 100% very important. When I was mm-hmm. telling my story, the reason that I was or am the way I am is because when I was a child, my parents prepared me. It was almost as if my father knew that there was wartime out there. You know, he's mm. like, I know I'm, I, I know I'm benefiting from certain things that you will never, ever, ever in life benefit from. So I don't want you to go out there in the middle of that and think just because you have me for a father that you can benefit from these things. You need to be ready. You need to be equipped. You need to understand that you, who you are, who you are. And part of his way of helping me to be to be equipped was to be proud, to be comfortable to be in love with who I was. So wow. and the way he did that was to um, teach black well, to teach, uh, We had to read up on our ancestors. So, for instance, I read, you know, Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. You know, these are things that I'm reading when I'm eight years old. And so that's right. something that you can do fits for your own child. Like I send my son to an African-centered school. Everybody can't do that. Everybody doesn't have maybe enough money to send their child to that. But if you can't do that, then there's always ways that you can supplement your own um, African teaching or African history to your child. The the, um, state of Illinois is supposed to be offering an African history curriculum from pre-K all the way up to high school, but they don't. And so even – and so even – and it's not supposed to be a curriculum that is serving the urban areas only, air quotes, or our black children only. It is supposed to be across the whole entire state. White children, along with all the other children of every other race, are supposed to be learning African-American history or the history of black folk here in the United States. Wow. But they refuse to teach it. And so there's this community, it's called the the Parents, um, it's with the Black Star Project. They have a a parent program. And one of the things that they were trying to fight for was, for the United, for the state of Illinois to put that curriculum together and actually finally do what they, the law says that they're supposed to be doing. Okay. So maybe. Wow. But um, in the meantime, until they get it together and do it, you know, you might want to join the Black, you know, the the Black Star Project parents, um, parent advocate group, or in addition to that, teach your own child about 
and being so being so in love with themselves that when somebody tries to tell her you ain't nothing, you ain't never gonna be nothing, she's like, uh, uh-uh, <laughs> I am gonna be something because Harriet Tubman was something, and she's my ancestor. Thanks right, so that's what I'm for calling in. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I got a little Black comment. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got a little comment for the sister. Hey, um, okay. Even in the even in the movie The Lion King, like uh, with Mustafa, you know, told Simba, hey, you know, he warned him about, you know, don't go over there. It's rough over there. You know, <laughs> you know, you ain't old enough to go over there yet. Like he just mm-hmm. told him about his environment. And the same thing here. This is a, a age old war that we've been fighting, even though most of us are in denial that this is a war or we hypnotize that this is a war. Most people are starting to see it now, now that, now that the, war is, this, the war is being televised. So, yeah, we got to arm our kids with the knowledge of, what, you know, of their environment. Knowledge you of self uh-huh. and knowledge of the environment. To, Thank you. You have to survive your environment. That's what's up. Thank you so much. Thanks, Zane. That was an awesome sum up. I appreciate you. Okay, Black Knight. Ladies and gentlemen, for those who just tuned in, you're tuned in to Conscious Thoughts Thursdays here on the three-time National Poetry Award-winning POET Radio, hosted by Benita Arset. Um, and um, Yes. <laughs> yes, my brother. Um, um, we, we are... We are talking some serious business on tonight's show. We're going to go ahead and bring on our next caller, Chicago. State your name and uh, what you got for us tonight. What's your comment? Hello? Chicago, if you're just listening, let us know you're just listening. Hello? Can you hear me? We can hear you yes, now loud and clear. Okay, I just want to start off. I absolutely just uh, came across you guys on Facebook. I am watching the news. I've been listening to what's been going on with these last two shootings with our black men. Um, uh, pardon me if I, I, I ramble a little bit because there's so much that's been on my chest and there's so much that I have, have to say because the things that's been going on have been very, very rapid. I think our black uh, uh, community do not really fully understand the extent of holding our own self accountable as far as teaching our youth. We have our youth. I'm in from Chicago. We have our youth killing each other, and now we got to face these police brutality and killing on a daily. On top of what's going on in Chicago, as to say, we see this on the news where there's uh, shootings day in and day out, 400 killers on, on holiday weekends, but nobody ever questions we got millions of cameras on these streets, but don't nobody ever catch any of these supposedly black men or young youth that's killing. There's an there's a, uh, absolute question as to who's really doing these killings. That's one thing. Now, on the behalf of what's going on with these killings, going on with these uh, black men in different cities and stuff like that, it's hitting closer and closer to home. It is hurting. It's devastating how we're getting just this blatantly clear is cold blood. I am uh I'm a I'm a I'm a young woman and uh I'm just outraged. I feel like this was a great opportunity first start for me to voice my opinion. You know, it's been many of times that I wanted to get out there and, and protest and, and do all those things. Now I'm I'm still looking at the news and they saying a protest went on and now two Police and then got killed because of it of a of a rally that's going on. I think this what's going on right now is a way bigger picture. I feel like this is planned. All these things that's going on, it's not just a coincidence. It's something that's really going on that is really attacking the black culture. They take everything from us, our heritage, our music, and they just killing us left and right making it hard for the day-in, day workers every day to go to work. You know, the system the system is really corrupt, but I'm just tired because I have brothers, I have nephews that I have to worry about, and it, it, it's really it's getting ugly. Um, so, I, so I think I can see your frustration, sister. I think uh, most people 
you know, we share that frustration. You know, we see all this stuff going on. First and foremost, there's infighting going on. And then we see, you know, basically these race soldiers killing us and they're getting immunity. So, you know, we're in a situation where we, we don't know what to do. But first and foremost, one of the things that we have to do is stop listening to them for the information or stop thinking they're going to ever admit guilt. It's their, it's their job to lie. It's their job to give us a skewed education. It's on us to build. Like, we have to get past our own issues and build. That's the only thing that we can do. All right. We're going to go ahead and go to the next caller. Um, Time Lord Brian, we see you. You are coming up next. But before we get to you, Time Lord Brian, we got a special guest that's coming on the show tonight. For all of those who are on the line and watching Facebook Live, we are celebrating our sister's Bonita Offset's birthday today. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, in, in, in the midst of all the trouble and the drama that's going on in the world, we are celebrating that sister's birthday. So we have a special guest that has called in tonight. It is two-time spoken word billboard award-winning poet and um, vocalist of the year, Mr. Laurie D. Edwards from New York. What's good, my brother? Not so much at work, brother, but I had to do that little favor, you know. Um, happy birthday to Benita. Much love to oh, all the court a little bit. Um, I'm going to do this for you rather quickly before they call me on the radio. See, around this time, it gets real okay. hectic and worrisome. But here you go. Well, thanks a lot, bro. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Happy birthday, and I say happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. That was beautiful. (laughs) I think that's the first time anybody's ever serenaded me. I'm going to save this forever. Thank you very much, bro. I appreciate you. Why are you over there smiling? Why are you over there smiling? (laughs) <laughs> I would hope so. Better that than her frowning. <laughs> yeah. Have man. a great evening, night, all that good stuff. I thank do, you. man. Thank, thank you, Ace. I'm going to have to get off this phone, but thank y'all. Hope y'all keep banging. They're about to wear me to death, but thank you, man. It's a quick break needed. But much love to the show and much love to POET, my family, all right? All right, that was Thank our PBT brother calling in from our tri-state chapter. Let's go ahead and go to Time Lord Brian as we're closing out our show. Um, Time Lord Brian. All right, I'm here. Yes, what's your comment today, sir? I'd like to say happy birthday, Benita. I sent her a note earlier, so uh, she should have got that. But, Thanks, uh, Lord I mean, Brian. I mean, what we have to look at is this: this is the program that they do. I mean, if you take in Louisiana, the cops sit in the meeting, they've got those, those, those stars on their chest, and there's trigger words they can say. And like the brother was saying, a bad day, well, no, there's trigger words that they can say to these cops that will make them behave in the ways we've seen lately. Um, but, but my thing is, is each person writes your own program. Like Benita was saying with driving and stuff. I mean, if you can raise your vibration high enough to connect with the frequency that you want, you can avoid some of these low-frequency things, or you can avoid karma, because that's what most people get caught up in. They get caught up in karma because they're not above karma. They're caught in the circle of karma. And so as just an individual, if you work on that, raising your vibration, listening to better music, being a part of nature, and then nature will start working for you instead of against you, 
And, and that's what I think uh, a lot of brothers and sisters get caught up in is, is that they listen to the music, they watch the TV shows, and they're just not raising their vibration high enough. And so when karma comes back around and smacks them, they wonder, well, why did it happen to me? Okay. Brian, Brian, can I? Oh, man, can I? Oh, go ahead, but you got it. Oh, just (laughs) you're such a gentleman. Just real quick, Brian, I'm so glad you said that because that segues into something that I was sharing with Maine before the show, and it simply is that um, my son, if I allow him to watch TV and that all the downloaded program images that they want to enter into our children. If he watches that, then he'll come upstairs and he'll say to me, Mom, make me a sandwich. If he's, I do not let him watch TV, just a measly 24 hours of no TV, then he will come back to me and he'll say, Mom, may I have a sandwich, please? Will you please make me a sandwich? And as I'm making the sandwich, he's saying, Thank you so much, Mom, for making me this sandwich. I really appreciate you for being here and making the sandwich for me. Mom, how you doing today? Is there anything I can do for you? Just on and on and on with all the niceties. Now, some may say, well, the only reason why he's acting like that is so he can get back to the TV. Maybe. But he's also acting that way because they haven't programmed him with all of the negative, like you said, Brian, vibrations, the negative vibrations that cause him to hurry up and want to get back to all that negativity. Maine, I'm going I'm to move to you. Cause I, oh, yes, indeed. Yes, thank indeed. you, brother. I made that point. I appreciate that. Hey, bro, you don't get too many people saying that you can avoid the karma trap. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you can get caught up in the karma trap if you are staying in that same vibration that you were in when something happened. So if you see, if you're paying attention to all this negative stuff they're pumping out here, and I'm so glad, you know, to end the show with this. Um, if you're getting pumped up into this, all this negative information, you want to repeat that same cycle. So we, that's why we have to this, we have to heal our own issues within before we can even face an enemy. So once we get to the vibration of the solution, the solution is you know our own kingdom, our own our own place. You know, you say a thug's mansion, whatever. You know, uh, but we have to see what we have to see what we want, and to the point that we feel that. And we're gonna create another vibe. We we'll create another vibration where we are untouchable. Half these problems will solve it solve themselves. Oh wow! Thank you so much, Maine Black Eyes, all of the callers, all of the listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you. We are a brilliant people. We really, really are. And we deserve all kinds of goodness. We have got to get this together. We have got to stop. Harmony ourselves, harming each other, harming our community, being harmed, allowing the enemy to harm us. And one of these days, hopefully, God willing, our spiritual selves will uprise and stop all of this negativity. There was a time, I'm reading this book called Black Root Science, and there was a time, a period. We have the period that we're in right now is what they call a period of the 6,000 years. There was a different period prior to that. And that was another 6,000 years. And during that period, we were such a good people. And the only way, the only way we died was because of old age. There was no war. There was no harming each other. It was when all these enemies came into place, started slinging war. That's when we started having problems. So we have got to... I'm just going to sum it up from what the people have said. The people have said that we need community healing. We need cooperative economics. We need unity. We need counseling for these cops because they have a chip on their shoulder. They're scared to death of us, and they can be crooked sometimes. And we also need to um, share this black movement and be our own advocates, stand up for ourselves, You know, consider the fact that there is a conspiracy going on. There's a lot of folks out there trying to harm us and not deny that fact. You know, keep in mind that there is an enemy out there. Don't think that there isn't. And then lastly, our brother Brian has brought the the fact that we can also heal ourselves. We can also participate in a good vibration. Even if it is as simple as telling your your own child, look, you're going to turn the TV off for a couple hours before you go to bed so you can have positive thoughts before you go to sleep. Or, and there are ways, like my uh, perfect brother, co-host, Maine, has said, that for us to raise our own vibrations. 
So thank you so much, family. We really appreciate you all giving us this time. Time is the one thing that you can't get back on life. Time is something that produces a lot of good energy. So I thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Hallelujah. Now I'm ready to close out. Maine or Black Eyes, either last thought? Yes. Thank oh, you yeah, guys for like, tuning in. To, go ahead, Brother Maine. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Real quick, just like the brother just said, uh, we let that enemy, well, when we let that enemy in, it's on us to get that enemy out of us. That's the work we got to do. Absolutely, okay. brothers All right, and sisters. Well. Whenever, um, whenever the white man is in fear of losing his power and his world, he would try to assert his dominance brothers and sisters, and that's the time that we are living in today where he's trying to assert his dominance because he's no, he knows he's losing the grip and the power of his world. And it's over. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we are signing off. Thank you for tuning in to the Conscious Thought Thursdays of the three-time National Poetry Award-winning POET Radio, hosted by Benita Offset. And Maine, hallelujah, because we are praising each other, we are praising our spirituality, and we are going to heal. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, peace. Good night, everyone.